what up? What up, homie? What's good, man? How you doing? Ch- chilling, man. Thank you for taking the time to chop it up. Yeah, yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. I like that old bay painting in the background. Yeah. Very yeah, fresh. Right. <laughs> Very fresh. Yo, yeah, yeah, seriously, man. Um, I appreciate it. You know, shout out, um, shout out El Nino for kind of connecting the dots with this one. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. But um, you know, I definitely wanted to get you on the low theory to understand, you know, your journey from you know how you started to where you're at now. And, uh, you know, just ask you a couple questions about b-boying, man. Just, you know, things that people might not know about you. Get a little bit more personal. Get a little bit more insightful. You know? Yeah. Words. So, so, word. Perfect, perfect, perfect. So, um, let me do a quick introduction because, it, you, you know, your, your resume is pretty crazy, bro. You know, with Thanks, over a hundred titles won, right? Over a hundred titles won. You've been b-boying for... Over twenty five years, no. Yeah. Um, you what? What are the crews you're down with? Renegade, right? Squadron. Yeah, Renegade. Who else? Rebel BC One All Stars. Okay. And, okay. Okay. Uh, and, yeah. and I had my own uh, little like hit school, like basically like people that I felt were like on some like let's go smoke everybody mode, which was Break Disciples. Oh, word. Okay. Who's part of that? Yeah. It was Kid David, me, Speedy, uh, Kevil, and Keebs. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's take it back a little bit. I, I you know, I did my research. Mm-hmm. You were born you were born in Mexico. Yeah. And then you came to the States, right? Now when did you come to the States? At what age? I was six years old. I came in October of eighty eight. Eighty eight. Okay, okay, dope. So let me ask you this question, like were you hip? To, to b-boying in Mexico when you were a kid or did you not catch on till you got to the States? No, I seen it as a kid there, but it was, you know, when you're a little kid, you don't have that clear memory, but I knew when I saw it again in the States in 90, 94. Um, okay. That's what I knew. I knew I knew of it, but I couldn't tell you that I was like super clear on it, you know? So I knew that it was something. And right. There was something to it that I really liked. And, um, but I wasn't, I can't tell you that I was like super aware of what it was. I just knew that I had seen it before. And I yeah. couldn't pinpoint from where till I saw it again in, in uh, seventh grade. Okay, okay. So in seventh grade, when you came over here, you were like, yo, this is crazy. I, I need to get down with this. Yeah. Now, my, my question, you know, um, is um, um, being that you came from Mexico to the States and you wanted to be boy, were there mm-hmm. any roadblocks you know, being an immigrant Hispanic to jump in this culture? Could b-boying is global, but what, did you recognize any roadblocks early on? Nah, not really. I mean, it was just, you know, competitive roadblocks, really. It was just more like cats that, that were our rival crews or whatever that were kind of anti-you because back in those days, definitely the rivalries were more intense. But honestly, no, because at the time when I started, a lot of the kids that were doing this dance where I came from, we're all Latinos. We're all Mexican kids from from the neighborhood, or Word. older older Mexicanos that were or Chicanos, yeah. you know, born here, second generation uh, mm-hmm. Mexicans born here, you know. So it was um, and they were they looked just like me, dressed like me. So it was weird because subconsciously you don't realize that you connect to the people that resemble you most of the time, right? So it was kind of like mm-hmm. I seen these kids doing it, and I was like, damn, they, they feel like I know them, you know, and and right. they were dope at what they were doing. So for me, it just 
I just connected with it right away. And obviously, you know, as you go deeper into the dance, you learn where it came from, its history, and you realize this, like, damn, this culture really gave me a voice in this dance, really adopted me and gave me an avenue to become somebody. So it was it was just subconscious in a way with with the way that I connected with it and the people that did it. For and also sure. it was a way out, way out of, uh, you know, there was a lot of kids that were my age and were getting in trouble. And at that time, it was heavy influenced by like films like American Me and Blood In, Blood Out. So cats were trying to be on like that cholo, cholo tip. Because and, you um, came, because you went right, you were in Cali. You're right in California. Yeah. I mean, that's where yeah. all that really like originated from anyways, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, right. you know, all the kids kind of getting into that. We're dressing the part, rocking uh, flannels, dickies, chucks with fat laces. Like, it was. Damn, common. I should take. I should take. I should take my flannel off, huh? <laughs> That's the color that they would rock where I'm from, right there. <laughs> Red flannels were were the thing up north. So. Word, word, word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, word. That's that's what's that's what's up, man. Um, now now you know being that you know b boying is part of the hip hop element. Um, hypothetically speaking, right? Let's say you never got into b-boying. What other mm-hmm. what other element you think you would have um, really shined at besides breaking? Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I liked writing for a bit. I used to like to draw a lot. I got a little bit into it as a, you know a few years after I started breaking, we we got heavy into doing like just drawing and doing graph, but never really got up like that. But I, I learned the lettering and stuff like that, and. Hell yeah. I could do some of it, but I think, yeah, maybe that would have been something if breaking wasn't it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, I didn't even think breaking would be something that I would be doing this far in. I mean, with the resources I had, I feel like my way out was either sports or, you know, just getting caught up in dumb stuff. Like, or getting, right. what, getting what, caught up in the environment. What, what, what sports did you play coming up? Uh, well, I ran track. I, like, the only thing that I really played that I actually, like, got to be a part of and... and run with the team was track my brother was a track runner and he was like okay. a track star where i grew up he set a bunch of records in the community we grew up in oh wow uh, he, he got a scholarship he got sponsored by adidas and everything so oh wow he, yeah yeah he did a lot he was like the example of what you can achieve as an immigrant kid you know so he got his he has a master's degree now he got a full-on education like Ooh, salute he really, to your brother he, yeah yeah so he was really an example of an inspiration for me to do something with, with myself and and first it was track and I, and I did that but I love playing American football I love playing uh, basketball you know just for picked sure. it up playing it out in, in the parks for sure for sure now you're a master b-boy <laughs> crazy that's dope <laughs> though about your brother man now now let's switch gears a little bit man let's talk about um let's talk about battling specifically yeah. because um you know that's your lane that's this is this is your bread and butter right here um mm-hmm. like i said earlier you know with over a hundred titles one um kind of crazy now i've watched i watched a few battles you know i'm mm-hmm. homies i'm obviously i'm homies with um with omen with El Nino. Yeah. um i watched the battle with focus i watched the battle with ronnie i watched the battle with little g i had to do i had to do some digging i'm like yo there's yeah. so many battles but i'm like let me find some real good ones um yeah <laughs> with, like out of all these battles bro which one are you really the most proud of it's I mean, I know you're probably proud of all of them. But there has to be one that you're like, that one right there, really, I can't, mm. you know what I mean? You can never forget about it. There's a few. I mean, there's the, the reason I say there's a few is there's, I can't pick one because they all had different uh, levels of importance in my career and really pushed me to, to certain 
to reach certain levels, right? right? The first one I would say that really, in terms that really changed the way I saw myself as a b-boy or, or that I even had a chance in this game was mm -hmm. when I battled Crumbs, uh, who's a legendary oh. b-boy from Style Elements. I battled him when I had just turned 17 uh, in 99, and we, went, we met each other in the final battle of the night, uh, and we went at it, like mad rounds. We went, went into a tiebreaker. And Where was this at? Really, that was in San Jose at an event called Break Mania, but uh, Zulu Grimman threw it. And it was our way to get to go to Miami Prime in 99. So, like, if you won that battle, you would go. But I got runner-up, but that gave me confidence because I battled a lot of dope cats that night that were legendary as well. And, um, yeah, it was just a surprise. And really, that I lost, but it was, um, for me, it was a confidence booster. It made me believe that I could really do this. Because before that, you know, I had battled in a few battles, one of a few small contests. But to be able to, at that time, he was considered probably the top contender in the world. You know, he was winning everything. So to be able to be a young kid and hang with somebody of that magnitude and take him the distance, for me, that was like, damn, I, there's something there, you know. So I would say that battle for sure was one of those moments that really kind of guided me in a new direction. Uh after that, I mean, there's more, but the other one I would say is UK champs in 2005 in, mm. uh, in uh, England, in London, England versus Hong Ten. It was a five-round final battle for the title. Um, definitely, I came in there as an underdog, you know, with the style. Of, my style compared to his style, he's definitely more appreciated by the masses. So I just went at it round for round with him, and I just brought something different every time. And uh, I edged him out and got my first, like, big, big world title, you know, like a massive world championship at the time. And that really catapulted me into this new international light where people got to see who Rockstar was a bit more, find out about me more. And it opened up a lot of doors on that competitive side. And then, of course, the BC1 uh, 2011. And the reason right. I say that one was important is because that was at a time when people that were winning these big championships were always really young. Mm -hmm. I, was a, I was I a 29-year-old going into this world finals. And... Being the oldest guy in the contest, you know, there's just like um, the level of expectation is just like, you know, uh, I'm like the last guy that they would think would win the battle because I'm 29 years old. I walk into this tournament. Um, I had been doing, I had a few shitty battles before that. Uh, so just the energy in the room and, and the energy in the whole event, like, you know, there's a media day before the event and, the, and on a media day, they only interviewed me one time. Like one guy had like three questions. Oh, really? Was like, yeah, everybody else had mad questions, interviews here, photos here. And I was just kicking back and enjoying the day, like one interview. And then I just got to chill and watch the floor, look at the floor and just think to myself, like what I had to do the next day. So right. for me, it was just really, um, it was, it was like my Did Muhammad Ali, uh, my Muhammad Ali versus, uh, what's his name? George, George Foreman. Right, right, right. Rumble in the like. jungle. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was my rumble in the jungle because yeah. it was at a time when it was like, oh, he's, he's already on his way out. And then I took out the top defending champ, you know, and the right. future guy that everybody was looking at as well. So and they were younger. So to yeah. be able to do that at that age and, and to set that standard because then, you know, from then on, people in their later 20s were winning it more and more. So it's... It was like the Yo, first step crazy. to being like, there's no end to this. It's it's on us, you know? Did you feel like, like, um, you know, because you didn't get that media shine, like it kind mm -hmm. of fueled you a little bit more? Like, yo, these cats are doubting me right now. We, no, you know, I think, yeah, I mean, of course that was part of it, but the buildup yeah. was already before that because I definitely already felt that way. And I, my whole mm -hmm. career, in some ways, I felt that way because um, the style that I just 
decided to, well, not even decided, just the style that I developed and grew into uh, is a style that's really not uh, designed to be appreciated by the the masses, the eye of the yeah. masses, or just an, an, an uneducated eye that will see me break, probably just be like, I can do that. I you think know, you hit, the, I, I think you hit it right on the nail. I think you hit it right on the nail. For those who don't really know the essence of breaking, if they watch you, they would they would think that. But for yeah. those who are educated in this dance culture, when they see you dance and they see the technicality that you do, you know, most people who aren't aware, they just want to see they might want to just see the power moves. Yeah. You know, the, the flashy move, the head spins and the windmills. But like your moves are very, very intricate, very difficult. And you stick <laughs> to you. that. And you stick yeah. to that, which I think is dope, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what you got to do. That's what, you know, when you do your style, it's like you got to really be about it and almost master it to the way where you got to keep elevating it yeah. and always maximizing it. Yeah, for sure. Where, yo, were there any battles? Because I know you said you had some shitty ones, but were there any battles that you felt like, you know, that you got robbed? You, I mean, you think you could have won, but... Yeah, that happens all the time. <laughs> Last year yeah. I had one in October. But, you know, it's all good. I mean, that's part of the process. I mean, of course, we're always going to feel like, you know, in our egos and our, our, our personalities and the competitive spirit of breaking, mm. a battle spirit is like, yo, I got that or I should have won that. But for me, it's more about, you know, when I was younger, definitely there was a lot, but it's more about how well you, it's almost like how much you let yourself down, right? You train so hard for something and then you go to the battle and then you make certain errors maybe the day before that you go out, you, you don't sleep that well, or maybe yeah. you get to the battle and you're just not executing your game plan and you're just off, so that falls on you, you know? So I learned that more instead because mm. at the moment, people can forget certain things, see certain things a certain way, and yeah, you may get robbed, but at the end of the day, I got to come back the next time and make it more clear for you, you know? Mm. So it's just, I got to keep leveling up to the point where there's no there's no ifs, ands, and buts. It's just like, he came to win, and he won, yeah. you know? Do you, do you think, you, no, I agree with you. I agree. That's good. It kind of, it fuels you. But like, do you agree that, it has something to do with the judges. And this is a question that I asked Omen in step two in an interview mm -hmm. I had with them, where do you mm -hmm. feel like there's certain judges who are, who are a little bit un unqualified to judge? You know what I mean? I mean yeah, it happens. Throughout all the years I've been involved in the dance, yeah, I mean, there's people that probably aren't qualified to judge, but at the end of the day, those people got put on the, on the hot seat to make a decision. Mm. You chose to enter the contest. You decided to enter with those judges in it. So you took the risk, you took the shot. If you don't respect their opinion, you don't think they're certified a judge, don't enter, you know? And I mean, for myself, I've entered with as many variety of judges as I can tell you. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I just try to be the best me that day as I can be. Because a lot of people, they'll pick and choose their judges every time and they'll only go to those events and enter those events with those judges. For oh. me, I like the challenge of going to see like as many different judges because it's about being ill, you know? Hip hop and right. is about being dope. And if you're a battle cat, you should be able to prove your skill set to anybody on any eye, any day. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's true. That's true. Now, yeah. now, you know, you've been in this game for a while. How do, you, how do you maintain that hunger, you know, that hunger that you had when you first started till now? Like, what do you do to keep that energy, that hunger, bro? I mean, for me, it's a lot of it just has to do with being so in love with this culture and, and the, the b-boy aspect of the just the, the idea of breaking you know just breaking mm -hmm. itself it's a battle dance it's a dance about creativity mm -hmm. 
it's just a dance of self-expression. So for me, it's just that, but with music. Like I love finding new songs. I love finding Hell songs yeah. I never heard before, new breaks I never heard before. Mm-hmm. And just dancing to it because that's the way that keeps me creative. It keeps pushing me to elevate myself. Um, yeah, I mean, all of that. Also, just the, the idea of breaking, you know, it's like I said, it's a battle dance. So for me, it's more like, do I still got it? Can I hang? Like, I want to challenge myself to different levels. And, and like, I mean, one quote I always heard that really makes me think about the battle spirit is uh, Karis, one, I think, in the 90s said something like, um, for every top, for every top, 10 MC or rapper that's in, on the radio, I got a bar that would destroy his whole career. <laughs> Yo, you know, KRS-1, so like, the legend. That that, that's that my, battle mindset, right? So as a B-boy, is like, yo, can I hang with these guys? Like, these right. top five dudes right now that are out there, can I put it on one of them or can I keep up with one of them? You know, and right. that's the that's kind of the, the challenge, I guess. And that's what keeps me pushing and that's what keeps me wanting to, to stay active in this craft, you know, and yeah, I just, I don't know. For me, it's just breaking's been it. This is, has been my, my avenue of everything in life. It gave me a lot of things. And um, yeah, I'm definitely humbled and honored to be able to still be able to do this and, and be able to be where I'm at and compete at the levels that I have. So Absolutely. I just enjoy the journey, just enjoying the process and the journey. Not here forever. Not, right. not going to dance forever either. But while I still can, I might as well do it. Yeah, 100%. That's lovely. Now, now, um, uh, there's a lot of b-boys watching right now who are tapping in mm-hmm. um who who are some some new new breakers that you feel like are are kind of inspiring you you're on the lookout for them like they're really impressing you oh man there's so much talent honestly it'd be hard to pinpoint specifics because i always have to keep my eye out to see who's out there and just you know scout talent and just see who's built i mean as, as a b-boy and where i'm at now as well it's like I like to see like new generations come up and, and elevate the game and take it to new levels, you know, and push it yeah. to, to higher levels. I mean, guys off the bat right now that I would say like, that are younger. Yeah. Or, uh, I mean, you got, you got McCrimmon Peanut. You got McCrimmon Jose. I mean, you got okay. the dude, um, you got the Style Invader kids from, from Belgium, uh, Rob. Um, then you have Fleu from Canada. I mean, there's so many talented people out there. It, you know, you got Lee from the Ruggeds, crazy. Um, yeah, there's a lot of talent out there, so it's it's hard to for sure. There's really so much. Like one specific, there's yeah, so there, much. I, I can appreciate. I can be a fan of breaking. Still, you know, that's the thing. Yeah. I think being a fan of it and appreciating people's talent and, and abilities is something that definitely teaches you as well, because you learn from people. You learn from different levels. So seeing young talent for me is like, damn, they took it there. Or they're thinking of new ways to change old stuff that we used to do or flipping the script on things. So it's, it's just for dope sure. to see. For sure, man. It's definitely evolved, especially when you started, like, till now. Like, it's, <laughs> cra- it's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. The stuff that's <laughs> happening is is insane, bro. Now, now, uh, yeah. changing gears a little bit, um, I know you connected with the Boston homie, Lean Rock. Mm-hmm. You guys yeah, yeah. got a mix together. It's called um, Breakmatic um, Music Matters. Yeah. Uh, two-part question. What does Breakmatic mean and um, how that connection with Lean happen? Damn, all right. Well, Breakmatic to me is just like, you know, inspired by Omatic, of course. Uh, to me, it's like a representation of, of the break, but you automatically like got to rock. And it's like when you hear a break, you got to rock automatically, but it's like at the highest level. You got to be mm-hmm. ill with it, you know? So it's, it's, mm-hmm. to me, 
that's what it represents, you know, because Illmatic was like the iconic album in hip hop. One of the, to me, it's probably the most iconic album. So, mm-hmm. Breakmatic is like a representation of the highest level of breaking. Like you gotta just be ill with it. Hell and, yeah! And to me, that's what it means. And uh, the connection with Lean, you know, I, I met Lean here in LA in 2004 at the summit. I had heard of the crew. I had met Pookie when he was even younger, like in 2002. And I had been seeing footage here and there. I would catch little snippets of them in those mm-hmm. videos back in like the early 2000s. But I met Lean here in, in 04. And throughout time, we stayed, we stayed, you know, seeing each other here and there at jams. And also Kid David from Renegades had like really connected, connected with them heavy. And then we just would, you know, travel together, go abroad and just be chilling and just started vibing. And then he also got down with squadron. So it was just like, we became crew. Uh, so through that, we just been building throughout the years and staying in touch and, we were always somewhere. That's dope, be, man. <laughs> in Korea, he'd be DJing in Korea. I'd be there battling. He'd be in Slovakia with me. He'd be, you know, That's touring crazy. all over the world. Global, so, right, right. Yeah, global. That's ill, man. Shout out Lean Rock, bro. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so talk to me about Squadron. Um, mm-hmm. I heard, you know, through the grapevines, there's a, there's a park jam coming up mm-hmm. uh, called Styles No jo- No Joking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, 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 what's that all about? Styles, no joking. Tell me about it. Tell the people. Man. Yeah. Well, you know, for everybody out there, Styles, no joking is just something that we feel the scene is missing, and, and you know, Lean taking charge in, in that. He he has a really good ear for for music and DJs, and, and knows how to just connect and bring two worlds together. So for us, it's about bringing this these DJs that we feel are dope that make you want to break when you hear them play, but they don't play at breaking events. You know, because when you go to breaking events, they have a certain group of DJs that are always there. But any hip hop DJ or any DJ that's in the, the craft, they love hip hop and they love breaking as well. So we want to involve those worlds and, and just bring that vibe to, to, to the scene where it's not necessarily strictly about the contest, even though we throw up one category in there for the scene to just get down. But it's about the environment. It's about that experience of, of just being in a park, getting down with no expectations of like, oh, we got to finish this tournament, guys. Like, you know, it's just music. It's all about the music. It's all about the music, the vibe, and just preserving something that to us is special in the culture that we feel has to be carried on. And if this is our way to, um, Styles No Joking is our way to share that with the community in today's generation. Yo, that's dope. So, so let, me, let me recap. So you're saying that this event is going to be more so focused on DJs, but the DJs who who don't necessarily DJ like breaking events. These are just like real DJs that you want to bring on to kind of get immersed in the, in the B-boy culture. Yeah. In essence, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also, I mean, they know about the scene. They know about it, but like, yeah, they just don't, you don't see them DJing that many events that often or it's rare. I mean, we've had dudes come in that you would never even know would, would DJ an event. You know, we went to a few parties, heard them play and it was like, Yo, this is dope. Like we should have him DJ an event because that yeah. that's gonna bring a vibe and it's a different vibe than we're used to, right? But still, when these guys get on the get on and spin, like the last time we had it, like people were into it and it was like you saw the cypress heat up, everything went, went, went raw. So it was just you want to have that type of energy, and I think that's yeah. what today's generation lacks, right? And no disrespect, of course, I love you know it doesn't have to be done this way or anything, but in the past we would go to parties when there was a dope DJ. You would go to a club, you would get down in the club when the DJ would come on and he would play a certain set and he might have some breaks, some hip hop. But it was that moment of raw energy where you would go there and you would just get down. And why did you get down? Because the music moved you and you were free to just get down, 
guess what? No judges, no categories, mm. no cameras, no lights. You might get into a cypher battle with some cat you've never seen before, right? That was the raw essence of development. That was part of the scene where you just go and really like find yourself and enjoy music. And today right. we go to jams, we sit there for eight hours, we do the prelims, the contests, and then it's over, we're out. So, you know, to us, to me, that's really what that whole thing is about to, to, to bring Dude, that. That's going to be dope. Yeah. What, 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 you guys got a date? When is that coming or it's in the works? Uh, it's in the works right now. I mean, we we're usually do it in November. Um, yeah, but I mean, we're definitely trying to set it up for this around the same time. So maybe we'll go for that. If not, we'll, we, you know, we'll see, we'll see towards the end of the year though, for sure. For sure. For sure. Now listen, yeah. man, on the low theory, um, we try to keep it, uh, short, sweet, and concise. I don't want to take up more of your time. I got one final question for you and then you can kind of tell cats what you're doing. But, um, again, for those who are unfamiliar, who are watching right now, I'm Freddie Lowe. I do this every single week with a special guest. And today, obviously, we got the veteran, the general, Rocks Right, joining us, you know, to talk about, you know, his journey, which has been incredible. Here's the final question, man. Yeah. People might get mad at you about these, but I'm going to, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do right now. <laughs> I'm going to name off some Nas albums. You got to tell mm -hmm. me which one you prefer because Nas is also my favorite MC. All right, okay. so here we go. We're going to start off with these two albums. Nas, mm -hmm. Magic, which is, Magic was one of his recent ones that, that Hit yeah, Boy the produced. La the last one. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Hit, uh, Magic or Nasir. Nasir was the one that Kanye produced entirely. Which one do uh, you prefer? I'm digging Magic more. Okay, okay. I'm also digging Magic more. I'm on you with yeah. that one, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I feel like Kanye didn't really give him like too many good beats. Him, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hit, hit, Nas and Hit Boy, great, great um team, combo. great team. Yeah. Oh, great combo, man. So yeah, okay, great. okay, okay. Next two, um, uh, King's Disease One or King's Disease Two. King's Disease Two. Yeah, King's Disease <laughs> 2 is crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. I don't know. I, I, I kind of overlooked it at first. And then when I just sat down and listened through the whole thing, I could just replay that album over and over and over. Hell and just, like, yeah. Hell hear it yeah. All the way through. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. These yeah. two, I don't know. I don't know what you're going to say. Uh, uh, and I'll remind you if you're unfamiliar, but mm -hmm. uh, 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 Hip Hop is Dead, mm -hmm. that's the album, or yes. Life is Good. Life is Good is the one where he had Khaleesi's dress on the cover. Remember, he was yeah, talking yeah. about the divorce and everything. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, damn, okay. If I was dead or that. I would say Life is Good. I just like the way the energy carried for, like, the first half of the album. Uh, mm. was, he just went back to straight raw as, like, spitting bars. And it just reminded me of some, like, 90s straight just yeah. content. Like, Queen, was it a Queen story? Like. Yeah. Yeah. Just, he just went off. Like it was just so dope to hear him flow like that again. So for me, okay, life is good. Just I like overall. I liked it more. Listen, man. So far, me and you are on the same exact page. So I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I definitely agree with <laughs> it, man. No, for sure. Um. Okay. Okay. Uh, we got two more groups here. Yeah. Yeah. Stillmatic or Nostradamus. Stillmatic. All day. 
Whoa, where were you when you heard that ether joint, bro? I, I was in my homie's car. We were cruising in a lowrider in Northern California on a Saturday. See, I know you can visualize. <laughs> I know because I know where I was at when I heard that song, man. <laughs> exactly. Crazy, crazy. Definitely. Yeah, that, that's, that was, that was, that's, that's an incredible album, man. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, it is. So many. And um, okay, so the last two, you know, for those Nas fans that know, what would you pick? Illmatic or It Was Written? I mean, Illmatic, but It Was Written to me was actually, I heard It Was Written first because to me at that time, hip hop was still pretty new to me mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the music and that, that side of the, the scene, right? Because I, my whole first year I spent listening to nothing but electro funk because of breaking. So right. I completely disconnected from like the hip hop stuff that was going on for that whole 95, which is unfortunate because I missed a lot of dope stuff. So Damn. 96, when I started getting back on my hip hop, that was the first album that I copped. And, I mean, and that it's, was not, like, it's, it's not a bad album to kind no, of, not, you know, get into. It's not a bad album, but it holds a special place because the song, um, uh, I can't remember right now, but uh, there's a song on there that uh, Stretch produced. Um, I can't remember right off the top of my head right now. I have to think about it more. But it's what like was, what, was he, what was he? What was he talking about? I'm trying to it's think. The one that goes, I made it like that. I bought it like that. Ooh, I made it like that. I bought it like that. Like, yeah, that song. You whack MCs. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, so, I forgot the name of that, but I know the song. Yep. Yes, yes. So that song, that's how I learned how to dance on beat. Oh, really? Like, that's the first song that made me follow the drum because the drum was so. Right. Yep. It hit so hard that it was like, oh, that's what you're supposed to catch. Like, you know, obviously you're going to read the in-betweens, but that's like the impact part of the song when it's hitting so hard that right. when you're doing your tops, like that's where you follow. Like, you know, and, and I was, oh, what, 13 years old. So that's why I say it, it's hard. Of course, Elmatic, but that's why that it was Ren is always so special to me. And I, and I listened through that album. Incredible. For a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. It's, I mean... I feel like um, a lot of people, a lot of people actually prefer it was written over Illmatic, man. They yeah. saw, they saw the growth. Um, that album mm -hmm. was also an album where he collabed with, with Dr. Dre. A lot yeah. of people weren't at that, especially 96, right? No, people, yeah, yeah. East Coast wasn't connecting with that West Coast. For so sure. it was crazy <laughs> to see that. It was, you know what I mean? It's crazy yeah. to see that. Um, so, so you saw that on the album. And, and and it was vivid the storytelling you know the, what yeah. is the song where where everything's backwards I, I get yeah there's a, uh, I gave you powers in there I gave you power you right where he's yeah. a gun like come on actually yeah, yeah I don't think the backwards track is on there I might be mistaken but I gave you powers yeah. on there yeah like yeah. how do you say how do you you know you're rapping in the third person as a gun like come yeah, on yeah. bro and it's dope because you like catch on to it and it's obviously at that time for nowadays people are like whatever but like right when you think at that time and you heard that you're like damn this fool came through with that one and everything just the way he spit it so so, so the story was, was incredible raw, so, man. yeah super yeah, raw sure. super raw bro yo listen man that's the end of it i i i it was it was great chopping it up with you um if you ever have anything in the future lined up and you want to, you know, jump back on, let's let's rock again. But mm -hmm. um, for those who are in here right now, if you want to say what up and uh, tell everybody what you got going on and where they can follow you. Yeah, I mean, you can catch me on uh, Rockstar95 here on IG. 
Uh, you can also just uh, YouTube rocks, right? There I do a lot of vlogs, a lot of content um, from battles to just behind the scenes of what it's like to be a B-boy. Um, you can find, find me on Twitter, rocks, right? Or just my website, rockstarrepresents.com. And yeah, a lot of stuff's coming up. So keep an eye out. I'll be promoting some stuff soon. Word, word. You heard it here. Make sure you guys are following him. Make sure you guys are following me to stay in tune every week, man. Rock's right. It was a pleasure, brother. Yeah, thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, bro. Take care, man. You too. Peace, Peace. out, man. Peace, Peace bro.